Welcome everyone to episode 25. We did it. We got to episode 25. Some of the haters said it would never happen. Actually, I've never gotten any hate emails or mail. Uh, but thank you so much to those of you who have stuck around listened to each episode. Or if you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us. You joined us on a wonderful episode because we're going to have our contest, our giveaway so listen later on in the episode, and I'll tell you how to get entered to win one of three prizes. Not one, not two, three. It's the holiday season. I'm in the mood for giving because it's a heck of a lot better to give, especially with the year that we've had. So we're going to get into it, episode 25. We're just going to jump right into the news that's going to unite us all because that's what this podcast is about. We're first going to give a huge congratulations a huge congratulations to Chris Nickick who was the first athlete with down syndrome to complete an Ironman. Now if you don't know what an Ironman is, it's a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bike ride and just on top of that a 26.2 mile run which is a marathon. It's an all day event it's an incredible feat for any athlete and chris has just blown open the door made history and is a now a pedestal for other athletes to look up to and know that it's possible to do anything so a huge congratulations what an incredible feat you are an incredible athlete and i am not an endurance athlete so you've done a heck of a lot more than i ever will running a marathon alone it's crazy. Like 10K is the max for me, but 2.4 mile swim plus the bike ride of just an incredible distance in one day just makes that feat so crazy. So congratulations. You are a beast and I can't wait to see what you do next. This next story goes to show you that the power of a fan base is really what makes the heart and soul of some professional sports teams. Over this past weekend, the Bills played the Seahawks, which was a super entertaining game, but we would learn that it had extra special meaning for one player. Over the weekend, Bills quarterback Josh Allen lost his grandma. Allen played an amazing game and once again, one of the craziest yet supportive fan base stepped up. That's right, I'm talking about you, Bills Mafia. While sometimes you may look crazy on videos destroying tables, if you've seen videos of fans destroying tables, if you've seen videos of maybe them jumping off of cars, hurting themselves, it's probably Bill's Mafia. Now, as crazy as they are, they're super, super devoted, always tailgating through the warm weather, through the cold weather, uh, and they also have a caring heart. So it doesn't damage their hearts because they donate to charity like crazy. You might remember back in the end of 2017, the last week, the Bills had won, but they also needed a little help to get into the playoffs, which also would have broken the longest streak of any professional team in North America from not going to the playoffs, which is a very long streak if you're counting all the major sports. They needed Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati Bengals to beat the Baltimore Ravens, and with under a minute left, they did that. They scored a touchdown, beat the Ravens, sending the Bills to the playoffs. And what that spurred into was Bills fans from Bills Mafia and others donating 
over $415,000 for Andy Dalton's charity, creating a love affair between the two, but also showing that no matter how many tables you break, they don't damage their hearts because they have feelings. This time, it was the Bills fans who showed their quarterback love and support during this difficult time by donating money to the Buffalo Children's Hospital in his name. Many of these donations came in $17 increments, which is Josh's number. So far, now we are just five, six days after this game, over $200,000 has been donated so far. And it just reinforces that you can't just judge a sports fan by the amount of tables they break. I'll be cheering for all the good things to happen to Bill's Mafia. I can't wait to see what you do next. And I can't wait to see you in the stands in 2021. Uh, if you need a tear-jerking moment, uh, I highly suggest watching the NFL Turning Point video that they did of when Buffalo won and they had to wait for the outcome of the other game. They're just in the locker room. You can see how much it means to them because it's the holiday season and I think we need a lot more love and just emotion that we can watch on TV and get ready for the end of the year and positive things on to 2021. Here's a fun MLB story for you. So Trevor Bauer had an incredible season with the Reds and it culminated in a Cy Young for the man who will probably get a huge contract this coming offseason. Now, sometimes looking back at social media of a successful person before they are not as successful can dig up some good laughs, maybe saying that they hate a certain team and then they get drafted and end up playing for those teams or not saying some not-so-favorable things, or sometimes they just say stuff and it just happens to come true later on. Luckily for us, it was the last. Back in 2015, Trevor posted a picture of a McLaren, a very fancy sports car that's uh, pretty cool. When responding to a comment about the car, he said it's a gift to himself if he ever wins the Cy Young Award. Well, a mere five years later, looks like he has an IOU to himself that he has to cash in. Can't wait to see what color you pick, and congratulations on a well-deserved award. And finally, we have a Super Bowl halftime performer. Now, okay, I have to kind of comment here. While we're trudging through, I can't see it being a normal Super Bowl are we going to have fans? I guess it's in Florida, so of course they're going to be fans. They're not going to jam it. They can't. It's Florida. Anything can happen, I guess. But it's going to be performing in front of, what, like 13,000 fans? It's going to be strange. But but the weekend, the Canadian artist has been named the halftime show for the upcoming Super Bowl in February of 2021 playing in Tampa Bay, so the third time a Canadian will take the prestigious stage, uh, and it just shows what a huge year the weekend is having, and Canada will certainly be proud. I'm sure a majority of Canada will tune in like they always do, but have extra special meaning this year for the halftime Super Bowl show. Looking forward to it. And now we're going to get into our Olympic event review Still don't have a proper name for this, but we're going to go down the list. The next event in the aquatics section is a big one. It's swimming. So since this is a big event, uh, we're going to streamline it a little bit. Can't go through the medalists. It's just it's, we're going to be here all day. So swimming 
at the 2021 Olympics will have a grand total of 17 events, so 18 each for women and men, plus plus a mixed gender relay, which is a super cool event. I can't wait to watch that. They have a total of 928 competitors, which is insane. So many people taking part in swimming. And it takes place, as of right now, between July 24th and August 1st, with the Marathon Open Water event happening the 4th and 5th of August. So the total events uh, are as follows, and uh, if you want to know more, we've actually done a We've actually done a two-part episode series on swimming between being an athlete uh, in America and Canada if you're a swimmer. So go check those uh, episodes out with Theo and Rachel. Super interesting. Uh, But the events that happen are the freestyle, the backstroke, the breaststroke, butterfly, individual medley, freestyle relay, and medley relay, and a 10-kilometer open water marathon just for good measure so there's plenty of events that will be happening through the summer olympics for swimming swimming has been a part of the olympic program since the modern olympics returned in 1896 women were allowed to compete in swimming since the 1912 olympics and between track and field and swimming they are the two best attended events usually for a summer olympics Now, of course, not all distances or events have been carried over throughout the years of swimming being uh, in the Olympics. Uh, So we won't go through the large history, uh, but some old events that used to be that used to be a event would be obstacle swimming, underwater swimming and swimming for sailors. You can see kind of why things changed over time. By far the biggest success for a nation in swimming has been the USA with a total of 553 total medals. Just insane. The next highest is Australia with 188. The rest of the countries are below 100 in the medal count. Canada is seeded 12th, although some countries ahead of them do not exist anymore like East Germany and the Soviet Union. So potentially Canada can break into the top 10 if they continue to have success like they have. So how does one qualify for the Olympics at swimming? It's a great question. First, you got to be fast. I guess that goes without saying. But even before you can dream of racing at the Olympics, you have to meet the qualifying time or Olympic qualifying time as it is known as. If you have met the specific time for the event, then a National Olympic Committee can enter two athletes per individual event. Thus, you would qualify if you get that Olympic qualifying time. An athlete can enter an event if they meet the Olympic selection time as well. If they're the only one from their country to meet that time, they would be the only one to qualify for their country. Therefore, that saying that If you are the one good athlete at a certain distance in an event at swimming and you don't quite meet the Olympic qualifying time, there is another set of time that is a selection time that can work as qualifying, but only if you're the only one for your nation to get that time. If that didn't make sense, that's a-okay. Essentially, if you get the time, you're golden. If not, you're in trouble. For the teams or relay event, 
Uh, they have a max of 16 teams that can participate uh, for a maximum total of 112 total teams for all the relay events. Each national team can qualify or enter one team. And for each relay, the top 12 teams earn their spot from this case, the 2019 World Championships. So 12 of the 16 slots per relay are through the World Championships. The rest would qualify based on fastest times uh, and positioning on the leaderboard from FINA, which is the uh, aquatics body that looks after that. Of course, things have changed a little bit. Things get complicated because of COVID, what hasn't. Uh, usually, a country would send its top-ranked swimmers for each event as long as they have the qualifying times. Again, you hit that Olympic qualifying time, you're the top one in your nation, or if you finish at your national championships number one, bada-bing, there you go, here's your Olympic invitation. Or, in that case, you could send one swimmer if they met that invitation standard. So what we talked about before, you go to your national qualifier, bada-bing, you win that, but you're not on Olympic qualifying time, but you slot into that second one, you potentially could probably get that spot to go to the Olympics. Any swimmer who meet the qualified time is entered in the event no matter what, as long as your quota for your nation is not over. Now with COVID, spots are filling up but not filling up and they aren't getting the time to swim or there are not as many meets to qualify to get your time. So it's really a little bit jumbled up. They're not sure if there'll be another meet before the Olympics, maybe early next year to get a, a, an official time because it has to be an official event. You can't just go to the pool your backyard and say, yeah, I swam a 50 meter freestyle in 20 seconds. You got to go to an, a, a standardized, you have to go to a official event that clocks the time and it can be recognized. So it's a little bit iffy right now, not 100% sure how it will work, but lots of spots are up for grabs and I think they'll be a little bit more forgiving with this one coming up because of everything that's gone on. For the open water swimming, you want to qualify for the grueling 10km swim. In my eyes, I say go right ahead, you're, you're in. Uh, but there's actually a huge competition to get qualified. So if you are a top 10 finisher at the event at the 2019 World Championships, you're in. Or if you are a top 9 finisher at the Olympic qualifier event, you're in. One spot goes to a representative for each FINA continent, so Europe, Americas, uh, Oceania, Africa, Asia, one spot goes to each of those representation, and one spot to the host country if they no one has already qualified. Now again, because there are so many events, I won't go through the last winners, uh, but I will tell you some events to watch or go back to watch. So, of course, the 50 meter freestyle is the sprint version uh, in the swimming world of the 100 meter dash. So if you want to go back and watch the 2016 uh, final, highly suggest you do, or the 2019 World Championships. And there's actually a World Swim League right now going on that you can watch on Facebook. Uh, Toronto has a team in there. Uh, very fascinating to watch, super fun and competitive. Uh, they add a little bit of pizzazz, if you will, to swimming, which I didn't think would be possible. You won't get the pizzazz at the Olympics because it's very official uh, but it's still super exciting to watch so uh, go watch the world swim league 
or go watch some of the finals from the 2016 Olympics. And uh, that's the end of our Olympic review. Now, the moment you've all been waiting for. I've been teasing it for weeks. Our big reveal uh, and something that you're going to have to listen to to know what to answer to get entered into the draw. So our last segment on this episode 25, it's going to be a put it on the board. And not just anyone, it's a very special one. It's our top 10 sports movies. I don't think you understand how hard this was for me. And I'm sure this list next week will change. I'm positive it will. As more movies come out too, it'll change. I have not seen 100% of the sports movies out there. Can confirm. So some of these might upset you. Some of these might make you go, why'd you put that on the list? Some of these might make you quit the podcast and just throw it in the dumpster. I hope that doesn't happen, but that's where the part of this is beautiful. You can chime in on our social media, Sports Unite Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, Sports Unite Pod 1 on Twitter, or email us at sportsunitepodcast at gmail.com and yell at us. Tell us what an idiot we are. And what were you thinking? How did you put that on the list? You liked that? Or if you want to tell us that you agree, say good choice, oh, I hadn't thought of that movie, I want to watch it, or I need to watch that again because it... It was so good. Do that too. I'll accept all criticism. Engage. I like it. So we're going to get into it. I'm going to let you know the movie and tell you why it makes my list and why it's on there and why it beat out some other ones. But I guess we have to go through some honorable mentions before we get started. The ones that didn't quite make it, but we're almost there. Maybe it'll give you kind of an idea of where the list is going. So honorable mentions. Any Given Sunday, The Replacements, Dodgeball, White Man Can't Jump. Just a few that almost made it but didn't quite. Alright, number 10 on the list. On our Put It On The Board sports movies is Talladega Nights. A racing movie that not many people give the, the chance on. I get it, if you're not a Will Ferrell fan, you're not going to watch it. Not everyone is, but this movie is hilarious. Kind of makes no sense. Just no, it, it's not realistic to a racing movie at all. But it just shows you the ridiculousness of how sometimes NASCAR can be perceived in the general public. Just you can quote it all day. There's shake and bake, slingshot engaged. Don't put that voodoo on me, Ricky Bobby. All the sponsorship stuff. It just it shows you <laughs> the hilarity of racing. And what it can be, it's just so funny. And if you need a good laugh, put it on. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's a sports movie. Just shows you the good side of Will Ferrell. Of course, he doesn't make 100% good movies. Maybe to some people. I'm sure there are a few that aren't very good. But Talladega Nights is just like peak what we need in the 2000s. Just a wonderful movie. That's why it's number 10. It's a great comedy and something you can just put on. Even if you just have it on in the background, you're going to watch certain parts. You're going to recite it. And that's our number 10. Our number 9. I'm pretty sure I would get thrown out of Canada if I did not have this movie on there. The first one doesn't stick as well. I don't think I watched it enough like the second one. 
Uh, I just, I don't know why I gravitated towards the second one than the first one. But going back and watching them now as an adult, the first one just hits more. uh, I think it means it's more of an adult movie, whereas the second one and the third one eh, is okay. Uh, The second one is definitely more kid-friendly, kid-approachable, more of a kid's movie, whereas the first one... It fills out everyone. Kid, you can enjoy it. Adults, you can enjoy it. Teenagers, you get it. So that would be The Mighty Ducks. The little hockey movie that could in the 90s. Grew up. Featured Canadian-born Joshua Jackson, who's still acting out there. Fantastic human being. Um, Just, it's the quintessential, what you think of hockey You think of Mighty Ducks. It's the first thing that comes to, in many cases, still on the top hockey movies ever made. There's Goon, potentially, that could overrun it. Yeah, Miracle. uh, Those would be probably the top three that get mentioned. Down in the States, though, I I think Mighty Ducks is still... And maybe Miracle, because it's an American story. But Mighty Ducks, just a classic, classic movie. If you haven't watched it lately, go back and rewatch it. It'll it hits differently as an adult than as a kid, at least for me. I know that for sure. So go watch Mighty Ducks again and uh, I mean you're not going to go wrong. It's doesn't matter if you know the ending. You're you're going to cheer, you're going to get excited. It's going to hit all those notes of nostalgia and it's probably going to view differently because you're an adult now and you get those adult problems and you see it through a different lens. Our number eight is Moneyball. Now, this is a smart movie. This is not a movie that you can watch where it's just background noise. It's not. It sucks you in because it's such a smart movie. It's The story is just so unique. If you haven't read the book, I highly recommend reading Billy Bean's book. But you just... You feel it's a baseball story. It's about changing the tide, changing the way people think. Baseball's been stuck in a very old man's club, old way of doing it. People have been trying to bring in new ways of doing things, and this was one that just clicked. Baseball is about clicking at the right time. And the Oakland A's get that 20-win streak that's never been beaten. Well, since, it's only been almost 20 years. But just how he flipped it on its head using statistics, using what baseball is built off of. Baseball is built off of, baseball is built off of statistics. No matter how much you say it, no matter how much you watch it, there's so much analytics, so much thinking. It's like chess. It's the old style, oh, this batter came in. Okay, we're going to switch our, our pitcher. Okay, oh, next batter, we're going to switch it again. They've had to make rules because it's gotten such... It's gotten into such a chess match and just it's not sometimes it's not a a sport it's how are you going to beat your opponent and it's not a spectator sport when you get into the chess version of baseball and you're using analytics and that's what Billy Bean did he used analytics for his advantage of using players that get on base that get hit that get runs players that were outcasts not big names, people that they thought were expendable. And he built a team around that. And if you do it correctly and everyone gels because it is a team sport, and if you don't gel, you're probably not going to be as successful as if you all gel as the team. That that happened. And that's why it's such a smart movie the way it's 
it's shot, the way the score hits you, you get that franticness that goes through leading a team. His neuroses of not watching a game and then watching a game and they start to lose. It's just fantastic. And one of those sports movies where you can just put on the soundtrack if you're studying or if you're running and it's great. So great. Um, The other baseball movie that I wanted to put on here, but it's such a kid's movie and hasn't really aged quite well, is Rookie of the Year. That one hit very well for my childhood, but since Moneyball was made and deserved an Oscar nomination, it's so fantastic. Very rarely do sports movies get Oscar nominations, but when they're made so well and acted so well, Jonah Hill, Brad Pitt... Philip Seymour Hoffman, just the whole cast, it just puts it together. And every time you put it on, you think, oh, I'll just have it on in the background. You've seen it 10, 20 times. You still get sucked in. You know the ending shot so well that uh, that's our number eight. Our number seven, we go back to a funny movie, and that's Happy Gilmore. I think the best golf movie. Uh, There's some stiff competition, but... Again, so many quotable lines. It's always the funny movies that have quotable lines because everyone sees it. You say a line, people just turn around and they're like, Huh? Huh? The price is wrong, bitch! Bob Barker, Chubb, the alligator. It's just... uh, And of course, you watch Happy Gilmore. Everyone wants to try the Happy Gilmore swing. There's not a person who has seen Happy Gilmore and gone, Hmm, next time I'm at the driving range, I'm going to try that. But you kind of, when you do it, you look around because you know you're probably not supposed to do it and you're probably going to get in trouble. But that didn't stop you, did it? Of course, it never stopped me. And you figure out how hard it is. And then you're thinking, oh man, I want a hockey stick as a putter. It's going to work a lot better than the putter that I have because I suck, especially at mini golf. You try so many things. You try the quote. You, you When you line up for a putt, you go, just, just go to your home. Are you too good for your home? Every time you miss, just tap it in. Just tap it in. It just makes you want to watch the movie over again. You know the outcome. All these movies, you watch them so many times. They are timeless classics. The comedy ones are the ones that can make you laugh no matter how many times you've seen it. The dramatic ones pull at your heartstrings even though you know the outcome because you have that feeling of this is me, this is personal. The ones that have the underdog story, you want them to succeed so, so bad. And if they don't, you feel for them. If they do, you feel elated for them. That's what sports movies do. They bring you to a land of possibility, of dreaming, of elation, of that was me once when I was in high school, or that could be me when I'm a pro, and that's how I want to feel. The comedy ones put a spin of laughter on serious situations. And they can make light of the seriousness that we take sports sometimes. Because as much as we love sports, <laughs> I know how crazy I can get when watching sports. So that's part of the reason why comedy sports movies work so well. is because you know when you're that crazy and dedicated, you know how crazy you can get. And you're probably like, yeah, that's me. Maybe I should tone it down. Will I? Eh, maybe we'll... We'll take it a case-by-case basis, but just you can laugh at yourself and you realize how ridiculous you are. And then you go to the driving range and try and do a walk-up hit 
and it doesn't work and you get angry and you say the quotes and the movie's working. So that's our number seven. Our number six is, I believe, the newest movie on here, and that's Draft Day. Not everyone's favorite movie. I know that. I love Draft Day because it's like they went to a fan and they went, give us your craziest scenario that you would be dying to see happen. And they set it to a sports team that's not been very good lately, the Cleveland Browns. And it takes you through the day of a draft day and something happening and then flipping on its head and being like everything that you probably want have wanted your favorite sports team to do. If you could pull it off. Again, they went to a fan's dream. They went to a journal. They asked 100 fans, what would be the craziest thing on draft day if this happened? And then this, like, what would you think the story would be? It's a fan's kind of best case scenario and that's okay movies can be that they don't have to be that realistic sometimes you need that ridiculous way over the top if this is going to happen it's going to be a one in a million opportunity and you make a movie of it well somebody made a movie of it first whether it ever becomes true i don't know but this is just a fan's dream of what potentially could happen in the future and i love it it didn't make all the money in the world but I love it. If I'm having a bad day, I will watch this movie. It's not going to win Oscars. It's not a money ball. It's not another movie that's on our list, but it's good fun. It's what you dream could happen. It's what you think that conversations happen. You wish you could give a conversation to your favorite sports team or who runs it. It's fantastic. So if you haven't watched Draft Day since it's new and a lot of people missed it, highly recommended. It's uh, Kevin Costner, Jennifer Garner, uh, Dennis Leary, and other and others that are in here. It's just a fantastic single day movie, and it's just fun. Sometimes that's all movies need to be is fun. Like comedy movies, they make fun. This is just a dream sequence of a movie, and it's fun, and that's okay. You can like fun movies. Doesn't always have to be serious. And speaking of Kevin Costner, our number five movie is Field of Dreams. Now, I will say, out of all the movies on the list, this is probably the one that I didn't get to, but I still would have put it on my list. I watched others, and without watching this, it still made my list. Now, part of that is nostalgia. I used to watch this going to my grandparents' uh, place every summer, and it just has that heartwarming message. It's got that mystical feel. It's got that dreamer's kind of glow to the movie. Even though it's an older movie, it still functions today. Heck, this year, they were supposed to have an MLB game at the site. They were going to build a stadium, and they sold, I think they could only get 8,000 tickets. But that shows you the relevance of this movie to this day. People wrongly quote if you build it they will come when it's really they if you build it he will come so watch it next time and notice that it's not they will come it's he will come but all the legend just thinking building a baseball field in a cornfield like how crazy is that in the middle of farm america yet he does it and turns 
his family on his side. I don't know what else to say. It's mostly nostalgia. I don't think I'd ever be able to correctly show this movie uh, criticism because it just seeps into my childhood. I remember sitting, watching it. So I don't know if it'll ever leave. It probably might leave my list uh, eventually, but it still holds that nostalgia factor watching it. So uh, that's why it's number five on the list, right in the middle. It could go either way, uh, but I still think watching this again today, it'll stay on my list. Speaking of nostalgia, just slightly more, is one of the movies I can still quote, and I didn't need to watch it because I knew it would be on this list, is Space Jam. I'm not excited for Space Jam 2. I'm going to be honest about that. I read the plot. I, I don't know if it made me feel better or less worried, but as soon as they said Space Jam 2, anytime they said Space Jam 2, I was like, no thank you. Because to me, the the first one's classic. It might not be good. I don't... I still think it's good. Is it good? Do people hate Space Jam? Is that a thing? Did you not sleep with Space Jam pajamas and bed sheets? Because, uh, yeah, I totally didn't as well when I was like 20. No, totally. Uh, but Space Jam, it's just the nostalgia, the Michael Jordan factor. Of course, talking about The Last Dance in earlier episodes, it was my favorite athlete growing up. I wanted to play basketball, be like Mike. Who doesn't like the Looney Tunes? I mean, come on. It was a match made just a perfect culmination a wacky movie. Who'd have thunk that this movie ever would have gotten made? Now they're making a second one. I don't... I don't know. Maybe that's that old man get off my lawn. This is the only one that matters portion. But man, Space Jam was such a nostalgia trip. It's so good. I mean, children today should watch Space Jam. And if you think... LeBron James is, uh, you know, good actor. Oh man, Michael Jordan, not quite. But still, it was good. It's still good. I defend Space Jam. Come at me. I will go into a debate why Space Jam is a good movie. If you don't think so, uh, I look forward. Please, someone, write us on social media. If any of these movies, I will debate that any of these movies are good. If you have the position that any of these movies are bad, write us on social media or send us an email and we will do a podcast on the debate whether a movie deserves to be on a top 10. I That sounds like a wonderful episode. So any of you listeners, I challenge you. Maybe come up with a movie that might not be on this list and we'll go head to head. Yeah, that sounds like a great episode. So social media, Sports Night Podcast, at gmail.com, Sports and A Podcasts, Facebook, Instagram. Let us know what uh, movie you think should be on the top 10 and which one you want to debate against us here at the podcast. So Space Jam, number four. Now top three. I mean, I think on any given day, the top three will never change. And that is until another movie comes out that tops these. I don't know... Yeah, it's going to be tough to to match these three movies on the top three. And if you've stuck this long, 
I mean, you might as well go to the top three and then find out how to win a contest. Uh, if you enjoy listening to me talk about movies, uh, thank you. And thank you for being a loyal listener. So number three, Friday Night Lights. Not the show, the movie. The movie that came from a book. Now, I was fortunate enough to be at the probably right age for this to come out. I don't know how it sits with everyone today. I don't know how the show impacted because I never watched the show. I just wanted a football movie. Now, this is based off of a book where a writer went down and spent the year with the team in Texas. High school Texas football. That is like priority in Texas. It's Jesus, barbecue, and football. That's all that matters. So reading the book, I fortunately got to finish the book right before the movie came out. It was one of those, I'm going to buy the book and read it. You start to read it, and then you put it away. You're like, well, maybe I'll wait for the movie. But I'm so glad I finished it because when you're reading the book, you feel the emotion. You feel the kids. Like, you feel it. And then when they put it on screen, sometimes book adaptations don't work. I understand that. I get it. It's hard. You really like a book. There have definitely been books where I've read and I'm like, yeah, and you watch the movie. You're like, well, did I like that? I mean, I I read the book, so I know what they were going for and what was missing. And I really like that. But if you watch the movie again, you're like, no, didn't quite do it this time. This is something special. Read the book. It's from 1988 when the writer went down. Uh, The movie is from the mid-2000s. And then the show, uh, I don't know when, maybe 2008, 2009. It went on for a while. Some very prominent actors were in the uh, the show for sure. Michael B. Jordan was in the show. So it's a very good show. Uh, but in the movie, there's Billy Bob Thornton. There's Tim McGraw, who gives a fantastic performance. You are super... That's the thing. All of these performances in this movie made me feel and I again I was in high school when this was going on and had these emotions of high school being a failure potentially not making it not being enough letting your teammates down letting your town down because let's face it if you don't have a team if your high school team is as high as it goes in that town you are the town and your successes and failures ride the wave of the town as well the whole town shuts down to co-see it not even people, not as many people came to my club or perf- competitive football team compared to a high school game in Texas. These stadiums are huge. So the rises and falls that go through the players, you feel it and just you feel the emotion. And there are a few movies most of them sports movies, that will make me cry no matter when I watch it, where I watch it, how many times. And this is one, the ending of it. It didn't happen exactly, but I've been there. And you just feel it. And the video, the filmmaking, the score, the score is fantastic. Go look up the score. I have it on YouTube. It's just, it's so emotional. It's all instrumental. So the soundtracks by Explosion in the Sky, they get it so right. They use it so well in the the movie. I just, I can hear it now in my head. And I, I should probably stop talking. 
but the, I could watch this movie over and over and over again. It's just so good. I I can't say any bad things about it. It's just so fantastic. I would watch this over and over again. I still have the book that I bought in uh, 2003, 2004 before the movie. Uh, I just, yeah, we're going to have to move on. It's just too good. Number two, this movie I can quote. I probably, I don't know if I could still do line for line, but I'm pretty sure I could. I wore out the VHS. I purchased it on DVD and I'm looking for the Blu-ray if it exists. To say this movie influenced probably my love for the Olympics, maybe. To say that it didn't give me hope for humanity, even though I know the story didn't play out exactly how it is. It got Disney-fied for sure. As a kid, you don't know that. But later on, when you grow up, you learn the story. And But that it happened here in Canada makes it a little bit more special. I have yet to go visit. Maybe I'll document that when this pandemic is over. Since I'm so close now to the site... We can do a comparison or a site visit for this movie because they did film it in Calgary. But all you need to know for this movie is what is said inside. To know this movie, you just have to listen to these lines. Feel the rhythm. Feel the ride. Get set. It's bobsled time. Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings is the number two movie on this list. It still hits. John Candy's performance... Sanka, Jaris, Jr. Let's see if I remember them all. It's not Baldi. That's what he says in the movie. Ugh. It's just so good. It makes you smile just thinking about it. I'm smiling. The story. I know it didn't end the way it did in the movie. But acceptance and happy. And then to continue with Jamaica, the last Olympics, being back at the Olympics... It's just a fun movie. So happy, so warm. Uh, It just, I I don't know what else to say. I'm just going to keep talking and going to have to edit this part out. So you might not hear it, but it just puts a smile on your face. It's so warm and colorful. You feel the happiness of the Jamaicans. You feel the acceptance of the Olympic spirit. That's what it's all about. You know the risk. You, You can hear... You know, no one's ever done this before. We're going to be a laughing stock. Why do this? And yet they do it and they thrive. They don't win, but that's okay. It wasn't about winning. So that's the number two. It's, again, probably the movie you can put on and automatically I'll have a smile on my face. I'll sing along. I'll say the lines. Uh, We're going to have, yeah. The number one movie. Now, again, like I said... This list probably change weekly, daily. If I watch a new movie, it might switch. The top three will probably always stay the top three. But will they switch from time to time? Yeah, if I'm in a bad mood or a good mood or depending on how I feel, it might be, you know, three, two, one instead of one, two, three today. But the number one movie, I think most of you mentioned this movie, which shows you how good it was still is and that is remember the titans another disney movie uh but just hard hitting 
a young Denzel Washington, a young Hayden Panettiere. Uh, who else is in this? Uh, Ryan Gosling is in this. Sunshine. Uh, just so many characters. And little less than Friday Night Lights where it's more realistic and you can get that feeling of being there. Maybe that's because at least my high school experience, again, I, I didn't have to go through what they had to go through, especially at the time that they did. The team becoming one, not liking each other because of the race, that gives it that extra added meaningfulness, how coming together really shows how important it is to put differences aside and know that for the greater good for humanity coming together being a team not based on your color or race but being the jersey that you wear and being the school that you play for and the coaches that you play for that's what remember the titans really shows and i think society really needs to just have a sit down or pandemic things are getting worse a lot of places people are hurling things, especially after the election, I think we all just need to have a worldwide sit-down watch of Remember the Titans. Because I think this movie can teach us a lot of how we treat each other. And it comes from a Disney movie. It's Disney-fied, of course, but it has its ups, it has its downs. Just, again, this is one of the movies that will make me cry 99% of the time. It's a feel-good movie. If I'm sad, I can put it on. Happy, I can put it on. I know what I'm getting. I know how this is going to make me feel, how it's going to make me think. It's up there for the greatest football movie ever made. Again, in my eyes, it's the greatest sports movie ever made. It has incredible actors. I mean, anything. Denzel does a standout performance. It tackles race issues that were tough to deal with. It uses sports. Sports are a great metaphor. This is why this podcast exists. Because we are using sports to unite us all. This is what this movie did. It used football to unite. Showing that we're all on the same team. We're all the same. Doesn't matter what color we are. It's all about the jersey. We're playing this game together. You don't get an advantage playing this game. If you're coached well. You come together. You are all on the same team. You will do well. That's what this movie does so well, and that's why it's our number one on this list, our put it on the board. If you made it this far, congratulations. Now it's time to find out how you can get entered in to win one of our three prizes. So what you're going to have to do is send us an email or go on social media. Beginning Friday the 13th, everyone's favorite day. Friday, November 13th of 2020. So this will go on and will be open. The last day to enter this draw is going to be Friday, November 27th. So you have two weeks, no excuse, from Friday, November 13th to Friday, November 27th. What you have to do is either comment on our social media. There's going to be a comment. Uh, there's going to be a post about the contest. So comment underneath that post or email us and this is what I need to know. First, first, do you agree with the list? Do you agree with the number one pick? Would you have made a change? Two, 
what is your favorite episode that you've listened to? And it can't be this one. It can't be episode 25. I mean, I guess if you put it, I'm not going to disqualify you. But what is your favorite episode so far? Who's your favorite guest? Let us know. And three, if you could interview or talk with someone or ask a question to any athlete, who would it be? Who do you want to, if you ever got the chance to thank for being a great influence or thanking for taking your team to the promised land, winning a championship, or thank them for being your favorite player, or just ask them what's it like to be an athlete? How many chicken parmesans do you eat on game day? Whatever you want to ask them, who is the athlete that you want to have an interview, have a conversation, or just say thank you to? So let us know. So do you agree, disagree with the rankings of the movies? What is your favorite episode? And what athlete do you want to have a conversation with or an interview with to thank them, to tell them, I really enjoy your work, whatever you want. Those are the three things I need to comment below on the post or send us an email. When you do that, within those two-week period, you'll be entered in and we will do a draw for prizes. So that's going to do it for this episode of Sports United Podcast. Thank you so much for spending your day, evening, whenever you're listening to this with us. Uh, it's been a, a wild 25 episodes through a pandemic-ridden year. We're almost done the year. Let's finish off strong. Let's celebrate the holidays very, very safely. Listen to that Christmas music. Watch those Hallmark movies. Maybe watch a sports movie or two. Get a tear going. Stay safe and sport on.